I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the State of Recruiting, your Texas recruiting podcast brought to you by Horns 24-7. I'm Mike Roach, and I am joined again for the first time in a while by Nick Harris. And we're back to talk uh, Texas recruiting and, and Texas basketball recruiting and you know just about everything we can, we can get our arms around. Uh, before we jump into all of that, I do want to remind you that the State of Recruiting podcast can be found on any podcast platform of your choice. Uh, please go give us a, a high rating review, however that platform does it. If you're on iTunes, a five-star review uh, and a question gets automatically answered on our podcast, so go ahead and drop that. And then I also want to uh, remind you guys to listen to the other great shows in the Horns 24-7 network, including the flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown and the Longhorn Blitz with Rod Babers and Jeff Howe. Um, so now that we've got that all out of the way, Nick, it's been, uh, you and I talk, I mean, pretty often, but it's been a long time since we've talked on these airwaves. Yeah, it's good to be back in this chair and uh, back on the podcast. I feel like it's been like a month probably. I, I know I had a couple of weeks where I was in quarantine. I had a little COVID scare, but I tested negative. I'm good. And then you went on vacation and I guess that was what, I guess that was like four weeks. So yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, so Nick was sick for like a good two weeks, and we were <laughs> we we're pretty much concealing it because it's a it's not really anyone's business, and we didn't want to scare anybody if he did have something. But I uh, did cl- test clean, so we're we're glad for that. But um, you know, we obviously didn't want to bring him on the airwaves sounding like death if uh, <laughs> if if that was going to be the case. And then yeah, of course I have my vacation last week, but we're happy to be back. Um, I did want to make this announcement for the state of recruiting. We have been doing two shows a week. Um, Open mic was on Tuesdays where I was doing long-form conversations with people. It's kind of slowed down just because I've kind of run out of people to talk to. Um, So what we're doing is kind of gearing up and maybe seeing if we can find some other people that we think would be interesting listens for you guys and um, also seeing maybe what we could do with that space otherwise. So uh, just stay patient on that second episode. We're, We're kind of figuring out what direction to take it. To be honest with you, I started open mic during quarantine because everybody was home and willing to assist others, and um, I thought, well, this will be good for a couple of months, and then you know, COVID will end, and we'll all go back to our normal lives. And as we've seen, that is uh, not the case at all. <laughs> um, so, Nick, you know, how's how's everything been going for you just these last uh, couple of weeks? Yeah, I can't complain. Honestly, I had a great week when you were on vacation. You know, I got a little taste of the spotlight. It was a lot of fun. Um, other than that, yeah, just been just been grinding. Yeah, I mean, you did, uh, I got to say, you did an incredible job uh, keeping up with recruiting content over at Horns 24-7 while I was on vacation. That's a load of a schedule. Like, I think you got a pretty good idea of what I do every week as far as, like, scheduling and um, as many content items. And I told you, like, right off the bat, like, hey, don't feel the need to do as many content items as I do. I know it's it's a lot, and you did above and beyond. So uh, I can't thank you enough for that. I think our readers were really uh, benefited from that. You, I mean, I knew you would, but you exceeded expectations on that front appreciate that appreciate that it was it was fun i had a, I had a blast doing it and of course whenever i go on vacation that means there's going to be commitments um <laughs> and man just if you take if you think about even just all the buzz last week um regardless of the two commitments they got if you think about the tony fields news up and down that we got the ryan langell news up and down i was like this is literally the biggest the busiest week we've had this summer and i'm on vacation for it so um it's always tough because you kind of just got to pick a week and say like i'm gonna go then and hopefully nothing happens but um it was a busy week and and texas you know landed two commitments two from the sunshine state and um we're gonna jump into those guys now the first was michael mislinski the offensive lineman from bishop kinney in jacksonville florida um is a guy that i think you know fan favorite people even i mean i'll admit i'm i'm very high on on ezra oyatati um i've talked a lot about him and i think that he was like a center guy i would have liked to have seen a center target but 
Mislinski ended up being the guy, and and for better or for worse, that's the guy that the, the offensive staff chose. And so, um, you know, I'm no longer interested in talking about who it could have been. I, I want to talk about the kids who are here. So, uh, what I really like about Mislinski is um, he does have some great bloodlines. His dad played uh, collegiately and played in the NFL. He is the strength and conditioning coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I really love the technique and, and the tenacity that, that uh, Mislinski plays with. I think he buries opponents when he gets his hands on them. Um, you know, a lot of great a lot of great film. I think the biggest question for me is just true size for him. And, you know, that was a race that really came down to it at the end. I mean, it was back and forth between Texas and Michigan State. Uh, Iowa was in there a little bit. But, you know, for me, when you talk about an offensive lineman, if, if schools like Michigan State and Iowa are interested, that, that makes me a little more uh, a little more positive on the guy. Yeah, I was actually about to point that out. Big Ten schools, whenever they get really involved with uh, with an offensive lineman like that, it's definitely a good sign. And honestly, kudos to the Texas staff and you know making this evaluation and trusting it. Um, obviously, Ezra Dotson Oyatati was on the board, and you know they probably could have made a move there and maybe even secured a commitment. But um, they they trusted their evaluation that uh, they preferred Mislinski, and um, they went all in on it and ended up getting him. And yeah, and looking at Mislinski, I, I think he I think he projects really well. I mean, uh, he'll probably enter the program first couple of years and develop under Herb Hand and the staff, and then um, later in his career, you know, he could be a major contributor to that offensive line. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the commitment. I, I know a lot of people on the board were you know saying just another three star but you know i think this kid is great i think he's one of the best offensive linemen uh, in florida yeah i think um you know i think that when you look at him he's probably a little more closer to maxed right like he's probably not going to get much bigger um you know he, he's probably going to add some, a little bit of strength but um you know closer to his ceiling and i think that we look at that too many times as a bad thing and i think if you load your team up with those guys it is a bad thing but i think you know you take a couple of them it can be a, a very good thing puna ford is a guy that i i like in that too when he came out of co- high school he was very close to his basically like what he was going to be in college he was already there but yet at a really strong career at texas what has gone on to have a pretty good nfl career sometimes guys that good are just that good so um i think a lot of our rankings are based on growth and forecasting but uh you know for for me sometimes you just take a guy who and finding a true center is very hard but sometimes you just take a guy who you think is going to be a really good player and even if he's not necessarily an nfl guy if he's a solid college player and can anchor your line you need those guys you need those those glue type of guys so um we'll see how it plays out you know i mean the the we we can grade recruits all the time we can grade recruiting classes but you know it really doesn't play out until they get on the field in college so we'll kind of see how that that fills out um the other commitment they got, Nick, you can attest to this. How long has the Jaden Alexis commitment story been sitting on our back end? Probably, probably six weeks at least. Every time I went in to write an article, it was just sitting there at the top waiting to be published. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been written, I think, since early, mid, mid to early June. Uh, just sitting there, and I would have to keep going in and updating it and pushing it back and things like that. I mean, that's how long we felt good about Jaden Alexis. And so it was probably in May, I think we were the first site to really start talking about Jaden Alexis being a, a big possibility at Texas. And, um, you know, I had had a long conversation with Jaden then, and um, he had told me kind of, you know, he didn't come out outright tell me anything, but you could just tell talking to him that, that this was a very serious situation between him and Texas. And, you know, as, as time went on, it, it just never – it, it, it it never went away. If you looked at his Twitter, it was basically a pro Texas Twitter. I mean, all of his likes, everything he had, it was all Texas all the way. So that was something we were expecting for quite a while. And it finally came through. Um, when you're talking about Alexis, the player, uh, speed, I mean, speed comes to mind right away. A legit four, four guy, a legit 10, 700 guy, um, can play inside, can play outside. I like how he's built. He's built to me a little bit like a running back, almost like Devin Duvernay was, um, kind of just more like I, I like those types of slots um you know I, I th- our guy Andrew Ivins has him compared to Christian Kirk who's built a lot like that uh, I think Jordan Whittington is obviously a slot who's built like a running back and those guys who can catch those bubble screens and then shed contact immediately and then make extra yards that's what I love in a slot nowadays and um with with Alexis I think that you're looking at a guy who's a team captain um who is a uh, a class president um, and, and a really good football player. And to me, you know, when I talk to people at Texas early on, 
they were familiar taking him sight unseen just because the, they thought the character fit was so good there. Yeah, I, I, I was actually about to say that. I really like this kid's character. I like his. Uh, I also like his skill set on the field. Um, and yeah, that slot position. I, I think I, I really like Andre Coleman's approach. I guess in this recruiting class of emphasizing speed. Um, you know, the Big Twelve is so. It's the defenses are changing. I feel like every five years, and I think speed on the offensive side always wins over. And um, you know, pulling kids like Jaden Alexis and going after guys like uh, JJ Henry or looking ahead to twenty twenty two Evan Stewart. I mean, these are all sub four five guys. And uh, you you know, if they can build a culture of speed around this wide receiver core, then they're going to be pretty lethal. As all, all they're going to have to do is uh, find a QB that can throw it uh, sixty yards in the air to them. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think that adding speed is, is never the bad thing. I mean, you've got your kind of your big guy uh, outside with Casey Kane who can go up and win contested balls. Getting uh, getting Alexis gives you that speed element, and then we'll see you know kind of how Texas finishes out that wide receiver group. Um, so to talk more about Jaden Alexis, this is going to be a very Jaden Alexis-centered show. Um, we did bring on our South Florida correspondent uh, from inside the U, Andrew Ivins, uh, our Florida guy. He's going to tell us about um, everything about Jaden Alexis, and we hope you enjoy this interview. And now joining me on this week's episode of the State of Recruiting, it is our Miami insider from uh, InsideTheU.com, uh, and really a guy, the authority on our on the state of Florida football is the great Andrew Ivins. Andrew, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me on, man, and making my uh, maiden voyage on the on the pod. Yeah, no, we're we're definitely glad to have you, and definitely glad to bring as many voices as possible into this. So, um, you know, you and I have been talking probably for about two months behind the scenes <laughs> when to expect this Jaden Alexis uh, commitment, and uh, finally popped. So, what can you tell us about Alexis? Having seen him in person, um, he's really fast. <laughs> Uh, I think when I first saw him was at a summer camp at Florida Atlantic University. So um, it's a school right down the road for me. You know, they do these things where schools will have seven-on-seven tournaments or or, or they'll they'll host seven-on-seven tournaments. And really for them, I think it's just kind of a chance to evaluate as many kids as you can on your own campus. So uh, they'll about have about – you know, 15, 20 teams out there a, a day. I mean, I mean, it's probably nothing like what you guys got going on in the Lone Star State, but Jaden was there, um, and that's when they first introduced him to me, and he wasn't really playing on I would say, what I would consider like a loaded South Florida team. You know, you get some of these private schools, and they'll have, you know, 10, 15 uh, Power 5 players. I mean, he was kind of the guy for his team at Monarch, and he just really took over that day, and I think I was talking to some college staffers and, and they were like, yeah, you know, well, earlier this week he ran a, a 4-4 on our uh, stopwatches in the 40-yard in the dash. And you hear 4-4 all the time and you don't know how legit it is. Well, um, the more I learned about Jaden, you, you find out he's a track kid um, and, and, and he can absolutely move. I mean, I wrote a story about uh, the 10 fastest prospects in the Sunshine State this cycle and, and he was absolutely on there just because he's gone – uh, sub 11 in the 100 meter dash so um he is he's a playmaker man and and, and someone honestly I'll, I'll just get this out of the way like right now he's a, he's a three star on 24 7 sports but i think there's a good chance uh you know he could eventually push into that four star status do you have um any ideas for his size i think like we've got him listed at 511 i think his huddle has him listed at like six one do you, do you have any idea what what's more accurate uh, so I, I do think that like 5'11 number isn't kind of random. I think that's been kind of verified uh, at what he came in at one of the Under Armour camps there in February. But I will say, you know, it's a shutdown right now. So I, I, it, there hasn't been many – he's not a guy that's really doing workouts. But someone told me they ran into him, um, I, I want to say about a month ago. And they're like, whoa, Jaden Alexis is really – kind of filled out so I think he's a guy who's probably getting bigger uh and will probably be when he's fully grown probably closer to that that 6-1 but I I don't think that like 5-11 we just we just made up I think there's a reason why uh that number was put in how much of a priority was he for Miami uh being an at-home kid uh new offensive staff absolutely uh, loved him. You know, um, we've been talking, and who's we? I mean, just people inside the recruiting industry. 
have been really talking about how this 2021 class down here in the state of Florida and, and more specifically in the Sunshine State is probably as loaded as, as, as we've seen it um, in, in recent years. I mean, there's just players kind of everywhere at, at every position. And, and um, so I, I think maybe, you know, in other years, Jaden would have been way more of a priority for Miami uh, from the jump. But there was just so many receivers that the previous offensive staff was in on some other guys. Um, I, I, and then when the new offensive staff came in, they really liked uh, Jaden from the jump. And um, Miami absolutely wanted him. I mean, he was on campus for a junior day um, back in January before the shutdown and everything. They were really fighting to get him out to a spring practice before that dead period went into place. That didn't happen. And then I knew they were doing some Zoom calls. But um, I, as it's, it, you, I started to get the sense in the recruitment that Texas, I mean, based on what you were telling me, had kind of pulled away. And then Miami got three – wide receiver commits in about a two-month span um, from all local kids down here. And I think once Miami got those guys in the boat, um, it, came, it became pretty clear to them that they're fighting an uphill battle to get, get a fourth guy. I mean, let's, let's be real. Kids want to get a chance to play at the next level and catch a bunch of passes. And if you already got you know, two guys that probably are going to be in the slot, I don't think it was that appealing of a situation. Um, what kind of – I guess looking at his production, it's good. I wouldn't say it's great based on his athletic tools, but what kind of supporting cast does he have around him at Monarch and what, what level of competition do they play there in Florida? Well, so they are, you know, they play some, some good competition. And I, I mean, I should have honestly pulled up his, his schedule. I could do that right now. I, when I saw him in pads last season is what they kind of do down here. And I, I'm sure they do this in other parts of the country. They do these like referee scrimmages, like jamborees, where really it's just training for refs. But these high schools love it because uh, you can get your guys out there a, a week early. So I, I saw him play uh, a Western team that had a UCF corner commit in, in Justin Hodges and then five-star safety uh, James Williams. And to be honest, he was, he was kind of shut shut down that game like I'd heard a lot about Jaden Alexis or just kind of through the grapevines and I, I was waiting for him to kind of take over but I mean their front seven was just so overwhelmed that the quarterback would take two or three steps and he was getting hit every play so um, you know there wasn't much I, I guess it's, I want to say he's like a one-man show but there isn't much of a supporting cast around him uh, the quarterback he had last season is a he's going to be a, a junior this year. He's actually transferred school, so I'm not even sure who's going to be the be the quarterback there. But Jaden, it seems to be pretty bought into the Monarch program. Like you know, he's the team captain, uh, student body vice president, a, a 4.0 kid, and uh, a lot of times athletes like this will get swooped by or, or pulled away by a, a, a private one of these private schools down here like a St. Thomas Aquinas or American Heritage but I think he's just kind of sticking it out because he's he's been there forever and um, you know I, it's not it's not like the top top level of competition but they still play um, some very good teams and uh, when I watch his highlight tape like I, I recently redid his evaluation and it's you know, it's a lot of dink and dunk stuff, but when he, you know, is in the open field, uh, he can make people miss and he can absolutely pull away from defenses. And I think that's a very kind of unique trait he's got. Uh, let's move to 2022. Uh, as, as we're recording this on Tuesday, the show will actually come out on Friday, but uh, I wrote a story today about Kamari Wilson, the five-star 22 safety at uh, IMG. Um, obviously he's a dude I've watched on film and just been blown away. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure there's been 10 more impressive like huddles that I've ever seen, <laughs> you know, than him. What can you tell us about him and his game from, from what we've seen? Well, it's funny you say that, uh, Steve Wiltfong, the director of recruiting, he like texts me, he's like Kamari Wilson, like, dude, this guy's an animal. Uh, I, I just think when you watch his film, it's, sometimes you'll come across a huddle and you're like, how is like, how do you watch this film and, and not offer a kid? And then you go to Kamari's offer list. You're like, okay. I, I mean, pretty much every other college coach has, has agreed uh, with, with your assessment just because of all the offers you got. Uh, Kamari to me um, is he's, he's going to be a good one. And he played last season at, at Fort Pierce Westwood, which is a very bad program. 
Uh, I mean, not a bad program, but they traditionally do not have a ton of guys. Like Khalil Mack came through that school, and I really think that's like the last, maybe honestly, the last FBS player um, that they had. So he he's going to hopefully spend uh, the upcoming year at IMG Academy. It's it's still kind of unclear if the that boarding school in Bradenton is going to have a season or, or what they're going to do, but they are practicing it and whatnot. And I think that's just really good um, for his development, you know, uh, interested to see what he looks like kind of long, long term. I, I had a chance to watch him at one of the Under Armour camps down here in February. And I mean, South Florida is loaded, known for DBs. And I thought without a doubt, he was the top safety on hand. Um, seems like a ton of different schools have, have kind of gotten sunk their teeth into him. I know Miami has been on him pretty early. He's visited there uh, a few times, but I think, he's probably going to visit a, a ton of schools like this recruitment's going to go the distance and he's just going to weigh out his options. So would not be surprised, you know, if he made his way out to, to Austin at some point uh, over the next few years. One other guy Texas has offered in 22 in that state, Jalen Marshall from Hollandale. Uh, you know, what about his game and, and, and any early leaders or anything in his recruitment? Well, you, you brought him up to me before we hit uh, record and I was kind of fired up about that because I've been a Jalen Marshall, I guess, believer uh, maybe before most of the, the big-time scholarship offers came in. Uh, he's someone who played at Hollywood Chaminade Madonna Prep last season, so that's a top private school outside of Fort Lauderdale. Was kind of a reserve guy just because they had so many dudes. And now he's going to end up at Hallandale, which is a public school, a uh, new coach there, uh, and he's expected to be a safety. I mean – I mentioned Kamari, interested to see what he looks like a few years from now. I really want to know with Jalen, too, because they have him playing corner now. Like, he played corner on the seven-on-seven circuit. But I look at his frame, and I'm like, hey, this this potentially could be a linebacker or with what we're seeing more and more in college football these days with those hybrid types, you know, safety, nickel type guy. I think he could be that. But I'm a big fan of him. He can cover a ton of ground. Uh, like I said, he, he's matured. Um, from a physical standpoint, another one where I think his recruitment's going to be pretty uh, wide open. And I guess with both him and uh, Kamari Wilson, something you got to think about. I mean, most of these South Florida kids uh, in, in the summers and the spring is what they take these like what we call bus tours. Like these guys will go around uh, and hit 15 different schools. They'll start down here in South Florida, hit UCF, UF, and then they'll go into Georgia and, and Tennessee. And these guys, notably these 2022s, haven't had that opportunity. So they haven't really been exposed to a bunch of different programs, which is why we haven't really seen a ton of commitments down here for the, for the class of 2022. So I'm interested to see uh, what happens whenever things open back up and I guess that's something I'm, I'm kind of monitoring. How does that change how kids uh, look into out-of-state schools just because they haven't had that opportunity over the past six months to be exposed to them? Okay, my last question for you. This is a, a almost a it's, – it's probably going to be a disappointing year for me travel-wise because Texas has kids from L.A., Denver, New Orleans, and Miami, and I'm not sure I'm going to get to travel to any of those places during the season. Um, what does the Florida uh, high school situation look like right now? Uh, uh, dude, it's like, you know, I, I guess this is being posted on, on Friday, right? I, I yeah. mean, Monday was such a dark day, I think, for all of us just in terms of what's going on with, with college football. And it's um, the state of Florida really tentatively now that they're hoping to start practices on August 24th. And I would assume games would, would be in, in early uh, September, mid-September is when they would start games. I mean, they've eliminated pretty much kickoff classics. Like, they've thrown those out the windows. They're going to play some some kind of condensed schedule. But uh, the FHSA, which is the governing body here, they, they're scheduled to have a meeting this upcoming Friday. Uh, initially, they weren't going to stream the meeting, which is something that they always do. And uh, there was a big uproar about that. Now they're going to stream it. So who knows what's really going to go on? I mean... Where I am in South Florida, like these teams can't even get together in condition just because um, local guidelines, CDC guidelines, don't allow large groups of over ten people. So that's that's kind of an issue. I mean, every Florida is so big that there's different regions where you know 
things are way more lax than in your major metropolitan areas. And, um, you know, everyone talks about the, the, the college football conferences. This might be the end of it. Some people think uh, this could be the end of the FHSAA because at one point, the FH, FHSAA, excuse me, was just going to power through uh, and just run the season as is. And if they were going to do that, South Florida was going to be shut out. And South Florida-based high schools won seven of the past uh, seven of the eight state titles last year. So uh, a lot of people were not happy that they were just going to kind of push them out of the way. Right. That would be like UIL running forward with the season and Dallas and Houston not being able to compete. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, insane. Yeah. Okay. Well, we appreciate the update out there from the East Coast. Stay safe out there, Andrew. And, uh, man, hopefully we get some football this year. And we can talk about better things. <laughs> hopefully, man. And if you do make it out to South Florida to see Jaden Alexis, let me know. Okay, we'll definitely do. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Um, I'll talk, talk to you later. All right. We hope you're enjoying this week's episode of The State of Recruiting. We'll be back with the second half after a word from our sponsors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we want to thank Andrew Ivins for coming on and giving us that Florida update and uh, talking to us about Alexis and some of the other targets Texas is chasing in the 22 class. Uh, Nick, it is. Uh, it seems like basketball recruiting is kind of heating up. You've been all over the place. You've got a big, uh, a big event this weekend. You're going to go to for, for basketball. Um, but I think the biggest story has been uh, Damian Collins from Atlanta, Texas. Uh, by the way, Atlanta, a great place in East Texas, one of my favorite football stadiums I've ever been to. Um, but uh, go ahead, Nick. I, I would assume that Damian Collins is the top prospect on the Texas board. Uh, top target for Shaka Smart. What's the latest with him? You know, what have you been reporting? Yeah, without a doubt, um, he's definitely the top target left on the uh, Texas board. Five-star center um, out of East Texas, but uh, he trains with some elite competition, especially this past offseason. He was training uh, with Team Griffin up in Oklahoma City, um, AAU program uh, run by Blake Griffin's family, uh, and he was training alongside four-star shooting guard Trey Alexander, who's kind of trending towards Oklahoma, uh, training with Austin Westlake, uh, four-star power forward KJ Adams, um, and they have a group of about 40 kids in that program from uh, you know middle school all the way up um, that are just solid elite competition, and um, his game is uh, his game has improved without a doubt. Uh, our good friend Colin Kennedy from OU Insider went and checked him out uh, last week at a, a Team Griffin closed session and said he was looking really good right now and uh, really emphasized the Jeremy Grant comparison that uh, we have up on his 24-7 page. Uh, just really long, uh, really lengthy, but um, it, really physical down, uh, down inside. Um, I would like to see him be a little bit more physical down inside. Uh, I think that's probably why you're not seeing him in the in the teens, I guess, in the rankings. He's more in so the early 20s to late 20s. Um, but he's a kid that has a very, very high ceiling and as well uh, as well as a high floor. Um, you know, I, I really think this is a kid that can be 
uh, a one and done type uh, prospect, but also get it done in that one year, uh, kind of like how we see with Greg Brown. Um, if, if you kind of compare uh, the potential of Greg Brown towards Damian Collins, yes, they're both five stars. Greg Brown might have just a little bit higher of a floor just because he has that uh, pedigree uh, from his family, the NBA pedigree, and um, he comes from a really deep NBA background. Um, but Damian Collins is right there up with him. And uh, this would be a huge, huge five-star once again uh, that Shaka Smart would be able to land. And uh, right now, it's it's looking good for Texas. He's back in Atlanta after spending the summer in Oklahoma City. Um, we actually just got another uh, – Texas just got another crystal ball this past week from Jeremy uh, Jerry Meyer, our uh, head of scouting for basketball recruiting, uh, with a confidence score, I believe, of eight or nine. Um, I'll have a Damian Collins story out uh, in the next couple of days as well. And uh, I'm actually seeing him this weekend at the Who Wants to Smoke tournament in Duncanville. He's going to be playing with uh, Team Taz, and uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, pretty good national – uh, national competitors at this uh, at this event. Um, he's actually playing a team from San Antonio that is going to have um, 2022 targets, uh, four-star guard Austin Nunez, and a five-star center Vincent Uwuchukwu. I'm really excited to see the matchup against Collins and Uwuchukwu, especially just to see uh, Vincent's um, uh, game and where it's at, especially against an elite competitor. Uh, like Damian Collins and also it's kind of a different environment for Damian Collins he's going to be playing with the team from DFW he just wants to get some AAU reps in before uh, his season starts and um, it it, I could see him closing in on a decision here probably in the next month or so I could see him locking it down definitely before his high school season starts Uh, and we're actually I'm going to go ahead and announce it here on the podcast we're actually going to hope to have that on CBS Sports Network live streamed uh, from Atlanta, Texas, whenever he does uh, commit. Um, so th- that'll be pretty cool for our uh, 24-7 sports viewers and as well as just uh, basketball recruiting fans in general. Um, and also just a couple other targets that Texas is looking at right now. Uh, Nick, let me let me hop in real quick there before you go on to the other guys. Yeah, absolutely. Just for context, because I, you know, I don't follow this stuff. Um, so you said he's probably not quite the superstar Greg Brown was. I'm just trying to look for context, like all time, or maybe even the last decade. Or, I mean, how does he compare to guys like Miles Turner, Mo Bamba, uh, you know, even Kevin Durant, like the big, big names they've gotten in classes? Yeah, I think if I, I, I like the Miles Turner comparison towards Greg Brown. Um, just as far, not necessarily play style, but just how far they project. Um, and then more so Mo Bamba for uh, Damian Collins. If you're looking at how Mo Bamba has kind of ended up in his career, that's kind of how I would see Damian Collins kind of ending up. Um, but, you know, it, it's all projection right now. Uh, he still has a whole year left before, you know, he goes into college. But, uh, you know, just kind of looking at it from the outside right now, I think Greg Brown kind of projects a little bit higher. But uh, Damian Collins definitely has, you know, room to work with as far as uh, – um, you know, getting to that level. Okay. So go ahead and, and tell us about anything else, uh, you know, Texas fans should know about the basketball recruiting space right now. Yeah, a couple other targets um, that uh, Texas is looking at right now, a, a shooting guard out in uh, Rancho Cucamonga, uh, California, uh, Jamai Mashak. Uh, he's down to his top three, basically, and Texas is right there in the mix. Um, and they're probably number three, if not number two, uh, Tennessee is right there. Arizona is right there. Louisville is as well. Um, I think Texas probably has an edge over Arizona and Louisville right now, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, he has a, a family connection towards University of Arizona. His brother played football there um, a few years back. Uh, but Tennessee is pushing really hard for him right now. Uh, I believe they're probably in the lead, but they have a little bit more time there. And um, uh, Neil Barry is doing a great job uh, recruiting Meshack out in California. And if they are able to land him, uh, it'd be their first uh, California commit since Jordan Hamilton way back in 2009, uh, back when Jai Lucas was still on the team, actually, assistant coach. So uh, that's a pretty interesting little bit there. Um, another target that is, uh, you know, trending towards Texas's way, uh, Brookfield Central power forward David uh, David Joplin. Um, all kind of projection right now, but he's getting a lot of attention from a lot of major schools. And uh, Texas is probably definitely the leader right now. Vanderbilt is also right there, uh, right behind Texas. But um, I think uh, the Texas staff is just kind of weighing out its numbers right now uh, just because this class is developing way quicker than I think anyone thought. Basketball recruiting is really heating up right now. 
um, commitments are coming in from around the around the country. So I think they're just kind of weighing uh, numbers right now, and hopefully they'll be able to, you know, uh, have a more set um, set class here in a couple of months whenever Joplin gets ready to decide. But yeah, things are definitely heating up uh, as far as uh, basketball recruiting. Uh, another name to keep an eye on is uh, Kamar. Uh, excuse me, Tamar Bates. I confuse him with Kamar Wheaton. Tamar Bates, uh, IMG combo guard, uh, four star. He's in the top 100 in our top 247. Just another kid to keep an eye on. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're definitely looking for that shooting guard uh, that can provide some uh, elite defending. Uh, I think Meshack gives them that as well as Bates. So uh, either or would be a solid take right now. But uh, that's about it on the basketball end. Nick, do you have any sort of feel for what the class size might be or how many they might be looking to take this year? Uh, it's going to be anywhere from five to seven. Uh, it's mainly just going to depend on, you know, once the season gets going, uh, who is kind of projecting to go to go to the draft or, um, you know, go play professionally. Uh, there's about, I think there's four seniors. Um, and then you obviously have Greg Brown, who is projected to be a one and done. Um, and then you also have a couple of juniors who really could, uh, you know, rise and um, uh, go off and play professionally after this year. So uh, we'll just see. It's, it's, that's a number that will become more clear once the season gets going. But it's definitely going to be a larger than usual basketball class here in 2021. If they can land, and if they can land some you know, pretty high-level recruits, we could see a top-five class in the country for Texas. Nick has been dropping bombs on the hoops recruiting front over at Horns 24-7. Subscribe to the site. You get the full context of his reporting over there. This is just a taste, but uh, great job on, on everything with that, Nick. Appreciate um, Our next uh, next segment, we are going to talk to Jaden Alexis himself. I sat down earlier this week for an interview that I think you guys are going to find. This is a really impressive kid, so please enjoy this interview with Jaden Alexis. And now joining me on this week's episode of the State of Recruiting, it is the newest Texas commit from Pompano Beach, Florida, Monarch High School. It is Jaden Alexis. Jaden, thanks for joining me this week. Thank you for having me. Um, so first of all, man, just, you know, how excited in general are you to have everything over with and done and, and you've got your college pick? I mean, I'm very excited. You know, I'm ready to hit the next level, uh, work on my craft, you know, be a team player and, and build a program. When we talked, um, I mean, it was a lot of – every time you and I talked, it was a lot of Texas talk. I didn't really talk about a lot of the other schools in it for you. Um, and, and you didn't – you weren't a guy who did a ton of media, so it wasn't like there were always a ton of stories out there. Yeah. So what, what other schools were really in it for you down the stretch and really pushing hard? I mean, down the stretch, it was really um, Rutgers, Penn State, uh, Miami. But I think it was really just Rutgers out. It just was one of those schools that their staff did an amazing job with me. You know, we built a – amazing connection I think they'll be a, a great team um, in, the, in the coming years but you know I came down to it I just thought Texas was the best fit for me um, football wise education wise team wise you know all across the board so that's what I went with when you sat down to make that decision with your parents you know what were kind of the biggest mm -hmm. things you were you were saying hey these are the biggest factors for us yeah I mean my parents wanted me to kind of speak my mind and, and why explain why you know I wanted to go to Texas um, at every you know every level of the of the question basically so they wanted to know you know is it right for you education wise you know do you really feel like you'll be successful in that offense you, do you think you'll be able to work well with Coleman and just really wanted to hear it from you know my reasoning and make sure that I was making a sound decision and that's what we went with and they were okay with it. Um, you, it seems like you and Jalen Milrow have created a nice little friendship over mm -hmm. the last couple months. Uh, just tell me what your impressions are of him and, and uh, you know, how excited you are to be his teammate. I mean, he's a great guy. You know, it's just, he was one of the first quarterbacks, I think the first quarterback or player in general to from any school to uh, reach out to me and kind of, you know, build a connection. And I kind of took that, you know, to heart because, you know, that it means a lot to have, you know, guys like him and other ones that, you know, want to play with you. So, for him to reach out to me is just going from there. He's a very classy guy, um, you know, always popping in whenever I would talk with coaches or anything. And, you know, we're just building that connection and can't wait to get on that field with him and, and make some things happen. Um, what was, uh, you know, obviously you said your parents kind of wanted you to, to to speak your own mind on it, but what was their reaction when, when they said text? I mean, is that a school they were definitely on board with? Oh, yeah, they were definitely on board with it. But as parents, they want to make sure, you know, I'm making the right decision, you know. And that is not something that I just feel one day and the next day it's another school, et cetera, things like that. So as parents, they just wanted to make sure that um, I'll be safe, um, successful and everything else. 
your dad has, uh, you know, played at Washington, played in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, has obviously been through the process. I would say the recruiting process is probably a little different for you, just mm-hmm. the way it's grown than it was for him. But what kind of advice did he give you going into it? I mean, advice I would say is more like the visits, you know, don't go to a school and, you know, get too happy on a visit and, you know, overreact and things like that. And make sure you, you, you listen to the coaches, but don't take everything that they're saying because some coaches can say, hey, you know, you're going to play or you're the best guy I've ever recruited, et cetera, things like that. And, you know, he's like, you know, they say that to everybody. So you just got to make sure you, you, you look at it in, the, in a wide, wide picture. The, you mentioned to me the business school was a big factor for mm-hmm. you at Texas. Uh, what do you want to do in business? I mean, is it do you have it narrowed down yet or, or just, just a um, wide career? I kind of want to do finance. Um, that's what I'm pretty much looking at, finance, want to get into real estate um, or even managing a business. That's pretty much my focus right now. Okay. Um, so you're, you're set to early enroll. I think you told me yesterday when we talked on the phone that, um, you know, your, your season might get pushed back till November or so, which yeah. I would, I would imagine if, if your team made a deep run could take you into mm-hmm. January or February, what is, I mean, right. how are you managing that? How are you balancing that? Um, I mean, we're going to, me and my parents, we're going to talk about it and try to balance it out. Um, we definitely want to play it safe. Um, get better but we definitely want to not go into college with any injuries or you know mishaps you know god forbid but we're just going to play a smart talk about it and the main goal is to get to college over the last i mean this quarantine thing i feel so awful for your class just because you guys didn't get to have the traditional recruiting experience i don't you know you were this is what i tell people all the time i said i knew Jaden alexis was a smart kid because back in may when we talked you were the first person who was like i don't think we're gonna get to take visits at all um, you were calling, you were calling it thin. Um, and so yeah. you were way ahead of it there. Um, but the, the new rage has kind of been like, Hey, just hop on a plane and go to that city and go take a look at things. Have you guys thought about, mm-hmm. did you guys think about going to Austin at all and just taking a look around? Yeah, we, we definitely have been actually talking about it now. We've talked about, um, before I committed, but ever since it's just something that we want to do as a family, um, before I get up there officially, just kind of just take a look at it, um, get a feel. You know, look at where the dorm room is, look at where you know, my classes would be, the, the practice fields and all that. And just, you know, really get a vibe for it. Let's take it back to the day you were offered by Texas. I mean, obviously, you're not an in-state kid. A lot of kids here in, in Texas grow up, you know, thinking about Texas, just like a lot of kids there yeah. probably grow up thinking about Miami or Florida or Florida State. Mm-hmm. What was, like, what hit your mind as soon as Texas offered? Like, what did you know about the program? What what really stuck out to you? I mean, for me, it was it was a um, – a big accomplishment, a big achievement. You know, I was very excited because I know what the Texas brand holds. Um, I was at a track meet and, you know, I was, after I got that call from coach Coleman, it was just, you know, it was a really good day for me. It was juice, um, put up my PRs and everything, like just something that, you know, I don't take for granted, you know? Um, but some things I knew about the program, you know, I've, I've, I've followed Texas football a little bit. Um, I always watched Duvernay, El Unger, you know, guys like those that I know are, um, you know, staples of the program and just really a reason why the, the program's trending up right now. You mentioned to me that you, one another thing that, that really stuck out to you about Texas was the quarterback room, all the talent they've got mm-hmm. in that room. Have you gone and watched anything on, like, Hudson Card or Quentin Jackson from their high school days? Or, and just kind of yeah, I've watched, I've watched their um, huddle highlights, and then I've also watched um, Card's um, workouts in the last few months. Um, on Twitter and you know this is very impressive very impressive um I guess it, it, one thing we always like to do on this show is talk about uh l- l- let's get off the field a little bit what's something maybe off the field about you that that people don't know or, or is not as widespread I mean obviously you're class president uh pretty mm-hmm. highly a high academic kid but like like Jalen for instance told us he likes to sing and he can sing really well I don't know if he's ever sang really for yeah, but uh, yeah. if you have any special talents like that, let, let us know. Um, I wouldn't say I have any special talents, but um, you know, I'm just somebody that just really is about my focus. You know, whatever I'm attacking during that day, whether it's just school or just you know anything, really, is just I'm just a really focused person. I would say. What it, we know that a lot of people during this quarantine have been working out, um, trying to stay in mm-hmm. shape, trying to stay sharp. What have you been doing off the field, man? Because you got to have some downtime. You got to have some relaxation. What do you do when yeah, you're doing that? I mean, 
for me, it's just I hang out with my sisters, um, watch movies sometimes by myself, uh, TV, you know, nothing too crazy. It's nothing really to go. We've been to the beach a few times, you know, just, just for yeah. Um, but that's pretty much it. Um, just it's really laid back, not too much. No video games? Uh, no, no, actually, no. Yeah. Not a video. You're the first kid I met. It's not a video game guy. Most yeah. dudes are like, I've been on Call of Duty for like 12 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, have you found anything like on Netflix or, or something like that during quarantine that was like, oh, this really grabbed me? Because we're always looking yeah, for recommendations. I, yeah. I would say Money Heist is a, is a good, um, good tv show to watch really good okay. show all right cool i'll really check good. i'll check that out i've had i've had a lot of good uh, recommendations on this channel or on this uh yeah. doing these interviews that one that one won't disappoint you at all money heist all right i'm gonna put it on the list well i guess um you know last thing for me before we before we let you get out of here uh you know what uh outside of football in the university of texas what about the state of texas i mean what do you know about the state of texas and what has you excited you know, once you get here? I mean, to me, I just know how big of a state it is. There's so much places to adventure, you know, the city of Austin being the capital, being right in the middle of the state, um, you know, even Dallas, Houston, great cities like that. It's just, it'll be really cool to explore and get to get to know, get to know more people, see new things, you know, because for me, you know, I'm from Florida, haven't really been able to branch out that far and, and see places like Texas. So to be out there for four years and, Probably after that, it'll just be really nice to learn a lot. If you're a big food guy, you're in luck because Austin's got a lot oh, of great, okay. great food. So you'll be in the barbecue Definitely. capital. Yeah, you, you have some of the best barbecue around you, great Mexican food. Um, and then I don't know if you're a Whataburger guy or if you've ever had Whataburger, but. Oh, yes. That is, I'm not even going to lie. We have one Whataburger in Florida. It's up in like Jacksonville area and that's the best restaurant I've ever been to. And every time we go up there, that's one place. So I can't wait to get, get to Texas and try the real Whataburger for sure. Oh yeah. You'll fit in for, for sure then. Cause they're on every corner yeah. here. So we'll see yeah. All right. Well, Jaden, thanks for your time, man. I know a lot of people are really excited about your commitment and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And we want to thank Jaden Alexis for taking some time out of his day to speak with us. We hope you guys enjoyed that interview. All right, Nick, it's time for the mailbag. As always, get your mailbag questions over to uh, the thread when we put them up on the Horns 24-7 message board. Or like I said, you can leave us a five-star review on our iTunes page. And any question there with a five-star review gets automatically answered. Um, All right. Our next question, our first question comes to us from Connor H333. How does the Supreme Court uh, recent decision impact recruiting at UT, if at all? Um, and I believe that's talking about the, the name image likeness ruling. And it, from what I can tell, um, you know, it, it seems that uh, it seems that it's kind of just delayed it more than anything. Um, I haven't looked too deep into the story. I'll say this, like if they have the name image likeness at their disposal, Texas can obviously use it very well. It's, it's Texas has a great brand. Um, it's something they can sell if they don't, it's something they've never had anyway. So they'll continue to recruit the way they always have. I don't, you know, I think it's one of those things that like, if they have it, it's a, it's, you know, it's a big help to them, but if they lose it, it's not like they were, they, they lose anything really. Um, if that makes any sense. Nick, you want to add anything there? Yeah, just one little thing. Um, they, I believe it was uh, Carrington that posted last week just something on Twitter about, um, you know, overall social media interactions between um, college athletic departments or college football uh, departments, and uh, Texas is number one by far. Um, so if, if a ruling um, helps those name, image, likeness laws go into place, then, yeah, definitely Texas takes an advantage there. All right, our next question from Anon5376679. Any new info on Armani Winfield? I heard heard from Wilt Fong that Texas is in good standing with him. So, yeah, I've been digging on that front. Actually, um, that reminds me. So sometimes I'll do these – I'll reach out to kids for quotes and stuff and then forget that I reached out to them if I don't write it down. And I reached out to Armani while I was on vacation. So um, we will actually have an update with Armani tomorrow or today, I guess, as you're listening to this because I do have quotes from him. Uh, But it sounds like Texas is making a little bit of an impact there in 22. I mean, they've been – kind of behind the scenes working on him and 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 pushing on him so um i I really like where they stand at 22 with evan stewart like that's the receiver and obviously they've already got phase on wilson but man you know if they could add winfield and and stewart with with phase on i think that that's a really strong start to a wide receiver class 
Yeah, that's a solid wide receiver class, uh, in my opinion, as well. Uh, Faison is already working on Armani Winfield, actually, uh, um, having some good conversations with him. But I feel like the Winfield recruitment is going to go very slow. I feel like he's going to you know, want to get out on his visits and uh, see everything. Yeah, and that's kind of what he said to me, is that he's not in any sort of hurry. Uh, from Den12, I feel like I know the answer to this question, but here it is. Uh, hypothetically speaking, if Kelvin Gilliam goes to OU and Tamisha Adelia goes to Texas A&M, would this increase our chances of getting a surprise player like Marcus Burris? Um, I think even if Kelvin Gilliam goes to OU, I think that they would still take Burris, and I think that that's kind of where he's headed, although he is pretty split between Oklahoma and A&M. Um, I don't see Tamisha Adelia going to AM. I think that Florida's got a lot of the buzz there. But even if he did, I think that they would also still push for Burris because they see those guys playing different positions. Um, Texas seems to be in on their guys on the defensive line. Shamar Turner, uh, Albert Regis, uh, Ike uh, Iwana. You know, there's, there's a lot of guys they've got up front they're looking at. I think they would like to get um, – I think that they would like to get – Burris if they could, but I don't think they feel like they're in it, and I, I don't really feel like they're in it either. Yeah, the defensive line is in a great position in this class. Uh, it's already looking pretty strong with um, you know Jordan Thomas kind of leading the front there and uh, uh, some pretty high-level targets turning towards Texas, such as you know Shamar Turner and Albert Regis. And yeah, just focus on those guys, and it could end up being a pretty solid class regardless. All right, from Handy1182, how did you decide on the theme song for the podcast? Um... It's actually so we can't use like real music with rights and stuff because we're a, we're a legit podcast network. Um, so we we just kind of have some stock music. One of our producers uh, at the twenty four seven national office picked the music for us, and I liked it enough to, to stick with it. So um, pretty boring but simple answer. I can tell you though, and Nick and I and a couple of other people actually had this conversation yesterday. If we could pick our own music, it would just be the instrumentals to "Heart of the City" by Jay Z. Yeah, definitely. We actually had that conversation on the way to Houston a couple months ago. Like, if we could change it, that's that's what it would be. All right, our next question comes to us from Orange Blood ATX. Uh, says, uh, if Texas were to flip a player, who do y'all think it would be? Um, and are there any recruits Texas has offered that are currently cool towards Texas that you could see getting warmer? Um, I'll say it now. And I don't think – I want to be clear. I don't think this is going to happen or it's imminent or anything like that. But I think if Texas pulls off a flip this year, it's going to be JoJo Earl. That's the guy I would pick for them to flip. Um, as far as the number two question, uh, there's nobody I can really see. I mean, I think maybe things could get interesting with Marcus Burris, but – Right now, there's no guys that I see that are cool. You know, it feels like the board is kind of the board right now, right? Like, the what they've got on the board is, is what they're going to have for the rest of the year. I don't see any guys that they were once in on coming back around, but that can always change it very quickly. Yeah, on the first question, uh, I agree with JoJo Earl. Um, there's a lot of commits that are still staying in contact with him, such as Faison, uh, Faison Wilson, and um, as well as Juan Davis out there in your neck of the woods out in South Fort Worth. Um, and then number two, any recruits uh, that are cool that could be considered warmer? Um, if you look at some 2022 guys, maybe. Um, I think we have Denver Harris listed as cool. I think Texas, you know, deserves a, a warm notch there. Um, and there's probably a few other 2022s. I don't know if we have uh, Evan Stewart categorized as warm, but I feel like he would be. I mean, so the way that works is if a kid talks to us about these are the three or four schools sticking out, or we're hearing that behind the scenes, we'll put that as warm. I, I, I took the question, I guess, more to mean, like, anybody that I know is cool towards Texas. Um, there's a lot of kids that are like, like Faison Wilson wasn't warm to Texas before he committed, although, you know, he had told me a bunch of times that Texas is way up there. Just I w- didn't feel we were far enough into his recruitment to really start setting, you know, leaders and stuff, and then he popped out of nowhere. So it, it's just different, and, um, you know, I think that – I think that uh, – yeah, there are kids that you may see cool on 24-7. doesn't necessarily mean Texas is, is out on them. Um, from Texas Horn 25, uh, can you touch on the effects of a season where the Big 12, ACC, SEC play in the fall and two other P5 leagues uh, do, not, do not have recruiting, uh, future TV contract negotiations, or college football landscape in general? Um, no. And here's the reason why. I have no clue how that's going to work. I... I've been looking at it. I've been staring at it through squinted eyes for like a week 
going, okay, so how are three leagues going to play in the fall and two leagues going to play in the spring? And, um, you know, how's recruiting going to work? I have no clue. I, I if, if somebody could tell me or break it down to me like I'm five years old, that would be great. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't. I talked to a, 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 a Pac-12 assistant the other day um, who kind of told me, you know, they're just trying to keep their kids – you know, safe and, and in, you know, in the facility and, and not really out getting the virus or anything like that, but they don't know how it's going to affect recruiting. They don't anticipate it to be bad, but they don't really know at this point. And so I, I don't think anybody knows. I, I, I'm not sure I could break it down for you. Yeah. And we're less than a month from at least Texas playing UTEP. And there's still so many questions about like what this season is going to be. And I'm just going to go ahead and use this platform to say like, I'm completely shocked that we're going to have a football season. I pretty much, accepted a couple months ago that it probably wasn't going to happen um and then it may get moved to the spring but even the spring was kind of you know an unrealistic option but it really looks like we're about to go through with it on the college level and on the high school level but yeah the college level is just so confusing right now and i I tweeted this out earlier in the week it's like how are we going to have a rightful national champion are we just going to vote at the end of it like it's the 80s and it's it's going to be weird really weird yeah it's going to be uh super odd but we'll see buckle up um i will tell you this man um nick i know you've probably been you've been watching a ton of bubble basketball um i've been watching a ton of hockey like i i don't love covid i don't love what it's happened this year any of it i gotta tell you i love waking up and having 11 a.m hockey and it going until like one in the morning i've watched hockey all day every day for a month (laughs) yeah i've watched hockey all day every day since since it started back like i i just keep it on my tv and i've watched every game and it's been really exciting playoff stuff so like i don't love covid but man i i don't hate having hockey on all day so we'll see i mean football is going to be super interesting well i don't know that we're going to have it all day every day but um, I, I would imagine some stuff's going to get moved around at some point. We're just going to take our wins where we can get them at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, from Earl Thomas, 12, between Kamar Wheaton and LJ Johnson, who do you consider to be the best receiver and who, can, who do you consider to be the best blocker? Um, both of them have pretty limited receiving in their offenses. They just don't. That's just not something they employ. Um, I, I don't know that there's a clear advantage one or the other just because I haven't really seen it. Um, I would probably consider LJ Johnson to be a better blitz pickup guy just because he has to do it more. But, I've, again, that's something that Lakeview doesn't really employ, so I haven't seen Kamar do it a lot. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a toss-up as far as who's the best receiving back there. If I had to pick one, I'd probably go with Kamar. As far as the best blocker, I'd probably go with LJ just because that Cypher program is um, – they run the ball a ton. So he, he's used to blocking for other ball carriers as well. And also he's a big body, so uh, I'd probably give that title to LJ. Um, from Polly Dreamer, how does the extension of the dead period affect the 2021 class? Uh, should early national signing day be pushed back? Um, here's my frustration with the NCAA. So they just pushed it back to September 30th. They're going to do this. They're going to push it back 30 days at a time until we basically end of January. And all that time, they could have just called it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I think they know we're not going to have visits this year. And at this point, I think they could call it, but um, I'm not sure it's going to affect anything. I, I think kids are pretty much just on board with screw it. We got to make our decisions regardless, and um, we'll make our decisions without the the advantage of visits. Um, I've said all along, I don't believe early signing day should be pushed back. I mean, to me, early signing day should be for people who know where they want to go and, and want to get it over with. And those people should still have that option. Um you know, I think that you may have to push back the second signing day, especially if you have visits in the spring. But um, I think for kids who want to sign early, they should still be allowed to. Yeah, I agree. I think the early signing day probably still stays put or maybe just push back to maybe early January or something like that, just to kind of coincide with a lot of high school football seasons that are ending around that time. Um, but if you look at the normal signing day period, I mean, this is just hypothetical and me speaking out loud and don't quote me on this, but... Um, you know, I could see a reality where, you know, maybe February or March, um, kids are able to, you know, get some visits in and, um, you know, maybe three, four weekends, they're able to get out to some schools that they really want to see. And then, uh, you know, they can decide on that, but, um, who knows? It's so hypothetical at this point. It's hard to project six months from now, especially considering where we were six months ago in February. 
Yeah, absolutely. We thought it would be, I mean, talking about Mar- in March, well, this will be done by midsummer, and then we can get on with our lives. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy how much this stuff's dragged on. Um, from KC67, uh, forgive me if this has been asked already, but as far as you know, was all the positive buzz about a top recruit committing in the very near future just a premature call on L.J. Johnson, or was it regarding a completely different recruit? Um, I know you can't verify what other sites know or don't know, but you at least know who the buzz was about. So probably something we should have talked about in the early segment, but we'll address it now. I, I Earlier this week, we we reported some that Texas was, was in a strong position for L.J. Johnson, the, the running back out of Cypher. Um I think there was some buzz uh, coming from another site, and it had been buzz that we'd been hearing behind the scene for a while, and we did some digging, and um, you know we're kind of told, hey, that Texas is moving into a, a leadership position in this recruitment. Um, nothing imminent, but Texas is in the lead. And so I want to say this. I don't – I can't speak for what other sites report. I don't know what they're talking about all the time. There's times when – I say something and people guess, oh, this is what he's talking about, but they don't really know what I'm sitting on, just like I don't know what they're sitting on. I I choose not to try to address other sites reporting. I want to stick with our reporting. As far as I know, unless they've got a story that I'm unaware of, um, as far as I know, the only buzz behind the scenes this week was on LJ Johnson, and it's something that we sniffed out. We, we vetted it. It's something that we didn't want to tease because, for one, if you have a big story like that, you don't want to tease it unless you have a pretty good chance of delivering on it. Um, because, you know, all it does is just make – it gets people's hopes up, and then if it doesn't work out, it gets them crushed. And so, obviously, recruiting is a crazy enough game as it is, and um, it, things change so quickly that we don't want to really start teasing things until we're pretty sure on them. Um, but we did want to address it, and um, it was something we looked into. So, yes, I guess to answer your question, that's all I know of that was really big brewing behind the scenes this week. Yeah, we just got to tread carefully, I guess, when it comes to these uh, big-time recruitments, especially for these running backs right now, um, just because Texas is in a pretty good spot for both of them, and it's uh, so fluid. I mean, last week it was Kamar. This week it's LJ Johnson. Next week could be something completely different. So, uh, um, yeah, just tread carefully and, you know, if we're sitting on it, it's for good reason, for sure. All right. Uh, our next question from Realist Horn. Does the praise Hudson Card is receiving affect uh, Jaquindon Jackson that he may look elsewhere for the end of the season? Uh, I will tell you guys that as soon as they sign their letters of intent, they are no longer my business. They move on to Jeff Howe and Chip <laughs> Brown's plate. Uh, team stuff is on them. I will say this, knowing both guys, uh, Jaquindon doesn't think he's behind anybody at any point in time. That guy is an ultimate competitor. Um I don't see him running that easily. I, you know, I, I've always said I don't know that Jaquindon Jackson's necessarily going to play quarterback at the next level, but I wouldn't bet against him if that's what he wants to do because he's just kind of taught me throughout his whole high school career not to bet against him. Um, and he knew Hudson Card. I mean, he knew Hudson Card coming in. He knew what kind of quarterback he was. He knew what he was dealing with. So I don't see him running that easily. But, again, that's, uh, that's team stuff, so not really on my plate. Yeah, I will say I asked him a question back – Week three, I think it was when they played um, that out of team state from Maryland after the game, and um, I was like, "Are you a true athlete? You know, commit. You know, would you play any position?" And he's like, yeah, "Absolutely, I, I play whatever the Texas Longhorns want me to play." And you know, I don't know how legit that comment was, but that's always been the comment that's stuck in my head when I think about Jaquinta Jackson. So, just take that for what you will. All right, our last question from Horns Fan seventy six twelve. Um, is Texas A&M losing steam in LJ's recruitment? I don't know if they're losing steam as much as Texas is gaining steam. Um, you know, I think that when we report news like this, it's not to say that uh, another school is dropping the ball. It's to say that Texas is doing a really good job. So I, I can't speak for A&M. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like they're losing steam. They're still going to be a, a, in the picture, certainly. But uh, I just think Texas has done a really good job making that ground up. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, it's just more so Texas picking up, not so much LJ lo- or uh, A&M losing. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the mailbag. Charles Daniels will be upset once again. Charles, I told you get those questions in on Wednesday and then make sure we get, we get them <laughs> answered. Um, all right. And we want to thank you guys. Uh, we, we're glad to be back. Um, hope to have some great content for you in the next couple of weeks and months and a year. I think we've uh, – 
we've really stepped the game up here in the recruiting space. I think our, our recruiting information second to none. Uh, Nick's really killing it with basketball stuff, so that's given us a whole other level that I never really counted on. So uh, really excited for, for what's in store for you guys over at Horns 24-7. Nick, you have anything else to add before we get out of here? No, that's about it. I'm excited to be back on the podcast. I hope we, I, I hope we don't have a, as big of a break like that uh, as we did ever again. But uh, other than that, just excited to get out to this basketball tournament this weekend. It's pretty good uh, 2022 kids uh, I'll be able to check out, as well as Damian Collins. So, um, yeah, just excited to get going. And Make we also sure have football two weeks from tonight. High school football two weeks from tonight. Holy crap. I got to start figuring out a schedule. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking last night. Make sure to be following Nick uh, at NickHarris247 on Twitter if you want to get great coverage from that basketball tournament this weekend. And, I mean, continually great coverage all around, but specifically the Who Wants the Smoke tournament in in Duncanville this week. Uh, You can follow me at MikeRoach247. And we want to thank you guys for for doing everything you do, interacting with the show, following us. Um, We know you guys missed it uh, when we're off, and and that makes it a lot easier for us to come back and do. So uh, for Nick Harris, I'm Mike Roach, and we will see you guys next week.